Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. On yesterday's programme, as we were looking at the events recorded in Acts chapter 2, you stated that our reason for living is to prepare the way for Jesus to come again. And Peter was particularly emboldened after being filled with the Holy Spirit and quoted those verses from Joel, the prophecy from Joel, clearly having an enormous impact on all who were listening to him. And the Holy Spirit, of course, gets the focus on Jesus. And he is the Spirit of truth who guides us into all the truth of God's word. So then Peter quotes from the Psalms, from David. I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is by my side, I will never be shaken. So my heart is full of joy and I praise God with my tongue. And my body can live in hope because you will not leave me among the dead, nor will you allow the body of your Holy One to decay. Instead, you have shown me the path of life and will fill me with joy in your eternal presence. Now, this is a very interesting few verses because uh, it's... um, uh, who does it refer to? Jesus or all those who believe in him? And the answer really is both. Um, that it's it's sort of God speaking of his son. Uh, the Lord was always by the side of Jesus so that he was never shaken. His heart was always full of joy. It was the anointing of the oil of joy that was upon him that raised him above his companions. Uh, he constantly thanked and, and praised the Father. Uh, he certainly lived in hope, and his body was not live, left among the dead. His body did not see decay. And um, he was, of course, raised from the dead. Uh, and, and, of course, although our bodies will decay when, when they're buried or whatever, Nevertheless, we will share in the risen life, where well, we share in the risen life of Jesus now, and the time of our resurrection, when we have resurrection bodies, will come. Why? Because God has shown us the path of life through Jesus, and he will fill us with joy in his eternal presence, because Jesus has gone before us. He has returned to the heavenly presence of God the Father, and he shares in that eternal presence. He is now the Lamb of God in the midst of the throne. He is the one who is seated at the right hand of God, worthy of our worship, honor, and praise. Uh, but the great thing is that we were crucified with him. He took us and all our sin and failure and fear and darkness to the cross. And we are raised to a new life by our faith in him. So Then Peter continues, My brothers, I tell you with authority that our forefather David died and was buried. His tomb is now here in Jerusalem. But he spoke as a prophet, knowing that God had solemnly promised to place one of his descendants on his throne. With foresight, he spoke of Christ's resurrection, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor was his body left in the grave to decay. Rather, God has raised this Jesus back to life, and we can all bear witness that this is absolutely true. Now he has been exalted to heaven to be at God's right hand. As promised, the Father has given him the authority to pour out the Holy Spirit in the way you can both see and hear. 
It was not David who ascended into heaven, and yet God said through him, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I cause your enemies to be a footstool beneath your feet. So all the people of Israel need to be sure of this. God has made this Jesus, who you put to death on the cross, both Lord and Christ, your Messiah. This, of course, is is the heart of it, that they have crucified the one for whom they had been longing. They had, they had crucified, they had rejected, denied and crucified the one that God had sent to save them. Now we know how um, Jesus angered, what Jesus had angered the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders. But the people were very much more open to what Jesus said because uh, they were not religious people with a religious position to defend and preserve for themselves. And here you see, it says that these words were like an arrow to the heart of the people. And they said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what can we do? Now, you see, this is the spirit of truth speaking through Peter. You wouldn't say that it was a great sermon. I mean, there was nothing unusual. This was simply the spirit explaining to the people what was happening, using scriptures with which they would be familiar as Jews. And the convicting power of the spirit came upon the people as they listened. So what then must we do now? The answer that Peter gives is spiritual dynamite. And, I mean, every Christian and church-going person needs to take note of what he said. Peter answered, All of you need to repent and be baptized. Now, to repent is not to feel sorry for your sins. Paul was to read later that godly sorrow leads to repentance. But godly sorrow is not repentance. Just feeling sorry that you've sinned, just asking God to forgive you is not repentance. Repentance is a change of heart, it's a change of mind. It's turning away from a life of sin and it's turning to God. It, it's such a major step to take that it's dying to the life you have lived in order that you may be born again to live an entirely new life, an entirely different lifestyle. So according to Scripture, the only people that are truly saved are those who are born again because they have repented they believe Jesus and have been baptized. Now, what is the meaning of baptism? Well, Paul explains, especially to Romans in Romans 6, that baptism in water is baptism into Christ. And it signifies that that old life of which you have repented, of which you have turned away from, is now dead, buried, and finished with. That water baptism is really the funeral service for your old life. So there's no looking back. There's no going into the past. Uh, you don't go back into what is dead. You don't, don't go and 
sort of dig up the corpse. Now you have been set free from your past. You have been set free from your sin. You have been set free from the power of sin. Now, as a believer, you are made a new creation. God, of course, wants then to fill you with the Holy Spirit to empower this new life. But before that, they need to be baptized. Now, they didn't receive the Holy Spirit when they were baptized in water. That is clear in Scripture. That the, the, the baptism in water is baptism into Christ. You are made one with Christ. But baptism in the Holy Spirit is being baptized by Christ. So those are two events. Now, they can happen very close together. They can happen uh, in, in separated time, but two separate occasions. But um, they are very distinctive. You are made one with Christ in his death and in his resurrection by being baptized into Christ. But then Jesus is the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And, of course, when Jesus himself went to the Jordan to be baptized by John, the Spirit did not come upon Jesus when he was in the water. But when he came up out of the water and he was praying, then the Spirit of God came upon him. And uh, in the earliest years of the church, people would be baptized in, into Christ in the water. They would come out of the water, and then people would pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, they would be given a white robe, actually, to, to show that now their old life was gone. Now they were given a new life, and people would pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to empower them to live that new life and to be used of God, you see, to prepare for the coming of Jesus again. And the people were ready to hear this, as you say. That's right. And Peter explains, you need to turn to God. It's turning away from sin and turning to God and be immersed um, because, uh, you know, to be baptized is to be immersed, completely infused with its, it's like the drowning dead of the old life. And be immersed to show you have been purified from all your sins, made new and made one with Jesus Christ. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who will come to live in you. For God's promise of his Spirit is for you, your children, and even for other nations who have lived far from God, for all who the Lord our God chooses and calls to belong to him. Now, this is the strange thing, you see. Peter is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he makes clear that this is a promise not just for Jews, but for Gentiles as well. But as we were saying a little while ago, uh, the strange thing was, although they, they, they realized that, and Peter even spoke it out on the day of Pentecost, it was several years before they actually began to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, uh, that, that's certainly true of, of, of those apostles. And God had to raise up Paul to become the great apostle to the Gentiles, and he had not been one of the original apostles. So very strange, that, isn't it? But 3,000 people baptized in one day, that's something, isn't it? Wonderful. And, uh, um, you know, I've heard in, of, of people in some countries like China um, thousands of people being baptized on a single occasion like that, and they had to break the ice to get in the water. Uh, come on, that people. That concentrates the mind. People really mean business. And and how, how could the pastors stand in ice-cold water like that? God kept their feet warm. I tell you, the supernatural things happen when the purposes of God are being fulfilled. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 